So here's the thing, entrepreneurs, leaders, salespeople, we all want to create consistent, repeatable, and scalable ways to grow our business and our income. And we want to do it better, faster, and more seamlessly. Why? So we can actually enjoy our lives, take vacations, and spend the quality time we want with the people that we love. How do we do all this without spending a fortune or running ourselves ragged? That's the big question, and this show is dedicated to the answer. All right, everybody, welcome to the live show this week in housing. It's March 27th, 2020 at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time as we're filming this. Uh, we've got a lot of people jumping on, so we're just going to hang tight for a moment and uh, let all of our friends join us live uh, from around the world. So again, Tom Ferry, we're talking this week in housing, and boy, what a week it's been. Again, it's March 27th, 2020, 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Today, I have Steve Harney, right, of Keeping Current Matters, uh, founder of that company. CEO is his son, Bill, a terrific guy. We're going to talk about housing and uh, mortgage specifically updates. So a lot of news happening, a lot of misinformation happening, especially on social right now. So before I bring those guys in, I'm just looking to see uh, how we're doing here waiting for my team to give me a thumbs up on our start. Uh, I've also got Greer Allen, CEO of Boomtown, right? Who's got some very surprising data on online home shoppers right now. That's, I think it's going to shock you. So uh, let me just take a quick look and look into my team. All right. All right. So we're going to jump in. So again, uh, if you're with us live, welcome. I'm Tom Ferry, CEO of Ferry International. Uh, this week in housing is what we're discussing. It's March 27th, 2020, 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time as we're filming this. As I mentioned, if you just got on the line today, I've got Steve Harney of Keeping Current Matters, uh, someone that basically predicted in 2006 what was going to happen to the housing crash. Uh, also was very uh, vital and helped a lot of people make good decisions during that time, which is why I repeatedly I'm asking him to talk to all of us around the world now. Uh, we're going to talk about housing. We're going to talk about mortgage. Again, there's a lot of misinformation happening. Uh, be careful, my friends, reading headlines. Be careful. Uh, Greer Allen, also with us, uh, CEO of Boomtown, has some surprising data on what's happening with online shoppers right now. So, uh, Steve and Greer, welcome to the show. Let's start with Steve. Um, Steve, you know, you and I were texting last night until, I don't know, two-ish your time, 11 o'clock my time on the West. Um, there is no doubt there's a lot of misinformation on mortgage right now. Uh, why don't you shed some light? And we know for all my friends watching, remember it's March 27th, 2020 at 11 a.m. And this world is changing hour by hour. Steve, what do we know today about the mortgages? What's happening? What do, what do my friends around the world need to know? Okay, so in preparation for this call, because things will get a little bit crazy in the last, you know, they've been crazy for about a week and a half in the mortgage industry. Last 24 hours really got a little nutty. So I was on the phone with Jim McMahon. Jim McMahon is probably one of the top three thought leaders in the mortgage space. Uh, he's probably the leader, thought leader on interest rates. Um, and he owns one of the biggest national mortgage companies in the country. So I was on the phone with him right before I got to here, Tom. And this is what he let me know. For the people who think no one is ever going to get a mortgage again for the rest of their lives, you know, that's not going to be true. So let's start there. Because there are some people on this call 
that still have the TV on because they're in the house and they're looking at you and they're watching TV and seeing negative numbers and they're getting all crazy. Turn the TV off, turn your phone off, put everything away, and let's just really concentrate on what's being said here because I think you'll get better information here than you will from those other sources. Remember, I grew up in New York City. There was an old school, old school reporter. His name was Jimmy Breslin. He's, and he had a great quote. He said, the whole job of television is to get you to watch more television. So what's going to happen is they know negative cells, especially in our society today, they're going to keep on giving you negative news, not the real news, the negative slant on that news. Now, I'm not going to give you a positive slant on the news. I'm going to give you what's actually happening. We have a mantra at KCM, tell them the truth, trust their intelligence. So I'm going to tell you exactly what's taking place right now. Jim told me that of all the loans they had in their pipeline, and he's a gigantic national company, uh, on March 1st, they'll be able to close 88% of those loans. So that's 88%. They know they can close. The, those mortgage programs are still available. They are working diligently now on three different groups of loans that they could have a challenge with. Number one, FHA is now requiring a 680 FICO score. That's knocked out some of the people that were below 680, and they're trying to see whether or not they can find another place to put those loans. So that's the first group of loans that they're having challenges with. The second group of loans are jumbo loans, because the banks back those, and the banks are a little skittish right now, skittish right now, because after 2008 and 2010, a lot of CEOs in those banks got fired. So the current CEOs are saying, well, let's just take a little step back right now, take a deep breath and see what's actually happening. The last group of loans are what they call non-QM loans. Back in 2008 and 2010, because of what happened, we got very, very tight with mortgage. You know, who could get a mortgage? Mike, if you could throw that one slide up of the mortgage availability index, I'd appreciate it because this will give you a visual about how tight the mortgage industry got. So over the last couple of times, what winds up, the, uh, here it comes. So what you're seeing is before the boom, the, that index and the higher the index, the easier it was to get a mortgage. Before the boom, uh, that number weight was about 350 to 400. During the boom, that run shot right up because everyone can get a mortgage. The index got much higher. It got almost up to 900. Then it came crashing down and it went down to almost 100. Right now, we're still under 200, half of what it used to be. So there was some really good, and you know this, there's some really good people for a period of time through like 2010 and 2012 that were saying, how could you not give them a mortgage? I would give them a mortgage if I had the cash. But the banks were very strict. That created a whole grouping of um, people, investors, that said, well, we'll take those mortgages. We know they're going to pay them back. And that was the non-QM. It wasn't a big percentage of the business, but it was a percentage of the business. Those people right now are saying, just like the banks, whoa, let's take a deep breath and see what we want to do here. So 88, if we're looking at Jim's company, gigantic company that does all, you know, all food. Well, I don't know if he does all 50 states, but he does most of the 50 states. What we're seeing, what he's seeing is 88% of the loans you're going to do are going to be fine. They're working hard on those other three groups, as is every other mortgage entity and every other bank, to figure out how they can do that. The other people that are working hard to get those type of loans funded, 
is the federal government. Because ladies and gentlemen, we have an economic crisis right now. The thing that prevented us from having a recession even a year ago was the housing industry. We're the exact opposite of where we were in 2008. We're keeping it, the economy up. And the federal government knows that. We're the biggest tailwind to this economy. They can't allow this to start getting hiccups within it because if that's the case, it would hurt the economy even more. So it's, they're trying to figure it out. It's a little bit crazy and they're trying to get that money into those places. But Steve, all, I jump all in. the city loans are gonna be done. Steve, I wanna jump in just for a second. Um, you mentioned that you know last year there was the possibility of you know a recession and that housing pulled us out of it. For all my friends up in uh, Canada, the number I was told recently was that 49% of the GDP of Canada comes from housing. And we're, we are right now quickly scrambling to find out all the best sources of news and information for you, for all my friends in Canada. Um, but know this, if 49% or 50% of your GDP comes from housing, believe me, the Canadian government is going to be all over this to solve it. So I just wanted to make that comment. And then Steve, could you just reiterate, because I'm watching the, the questions and someone said, could you please just speak a little bit more about jumbo loans? And again, just reiterate your point and what you think is going to happen next. Okay. So I didn't get to what Jim would say was going to happen next. So I'll, I'll get to that now but let's go over the jumbo loans. So jumbo loans are not backed by the, the, the Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac. They're not government issued loans. They have loan limits. Everyone knows that. There's a certain limit in your community. It changes by community. Anything over that is considered a jumbo loan, meaning they, the, the mortgage entities have to go find another group of investors to do that. So the other group of investors that have been handling the jumbo loans are staying, as I said before, they're saying, oh, let's take a deep breath. Let's take a step back and let's figure out what we want to do here. So what Jim was telling me, and Jim made it a very strong point to me, this thing's changing quickly. So I love the fact, Tom, that you give us the date and the time when we're doing this recording, because things are going to change differently. Um, you have to get as much information as currently as we possibly can. Uh, you know, I post every single day the best information I could possibly find. I post on my social media every day. KCM posts things to their site every single day because things are, are, are volatile right now. So, so they're evolving. Jim believes that that money will become available, but it might take a month for that to happen. All right. Maybe in a little bit longer than that. What he's thinking, you know, what he's feeling is somebody's going to fill that space. And when they fill that space, we're going to be fine. But there's no one, I can't tell you right now who is going to fill that space. So I can't guarantee you at any point in time that that space will be full. So Steve, I just want to comment on this for a lot of our uh, coaching members and pivot members on Wednesday of this week, just two days ago, uh, the advice I gave to all of our real estate professionals was now is the time that you need to call your lender. And I can only imagine what those calls would feel like today for all these lenders. Uh, that you need to call your lender last Wednesday, this, this week. Hey, is this loan going to be approved? Hey, is this loan going to get funded? So there's a good chance that between the phone call they made on Wednesday or Thursday, that it could be adjusting today. Is that a, is that a fair statement? I'm not trying to create fear, but should agents be reaching out today to their lenders on deals they have that are pending to find out where we're at? Uh, I'm going to answer this in the form of uh switch the subject. 
if you were sitting at a listing presentation and the homeowner says, you think you're going to sell the house? You're going to say yes. Yeah. For two different reasons. Number one is you want to get the listing. And number two is you want to be optimistic. You want to say, yeah, I can get your household. I think that in the, the volatility of what's taking place now, if you ask a lender, can you fund this? The first words out of the mouth is going to be, of course. Okay. Because they're still trying to figure out where they're going to fund it. They don't want to lose the deal any more than you want to lose the deal. So I do think that you might, you know, that question is going to be, I'm not sure if you're going to get 100% honest answer. As a matter of fact, if you did ask that question and someone said, I'm not 100% sure, let me tell you why. Don't use any other lender but that lender for the rest of your life. Of course, that person <laughs> is telling you the truth and trusting your intelligence. But yes. I'm not sure if that, you know, I, I, you know, everyone's so nervous right now. I don't know if people are going to say, no, you should move the loan to someplace else. And better than that, if that money's dried up, it's dried up for like the next guy too. So unless they get like, a, a, you know, private investors, unless there are a small group of private investors that go to one mortgage entity or one bank, but that money is going to be limited. So I don't know how long it's going to last. So I might be listening for like, I don't, you know, if, if you have a jumbo loan out there right now, I might be listening for someone that's saying we have a certain, we're still doing jumbos, but we have a certain limitation. Then I might do a backup plan there. All right. Bingo. Um, but I, what I wouldn't do is, you know, and, and, and there's a panic going. All right. And I get that we need the deals and, and, and I get that whatever we can close right now might be the cash that's going to help us get through the next couple of months. You know, I, I was a realtor for a long time. I, I know what's happening here, uh, but I'm getting like crazy people. People tell me, Steve, you know, I, you know, I don't know. This might be the end of the world. This might be the end of days. It, it might be all over. The whole thing's going to crash. If you think like that, please don't call me. This is what my advice to you is: go to a local liquor store, because in every state they're still considered essential businesses. Buy a bunch of bottles of vodka and go have an end of the world party at your house. Oh, well, you need one more thing: get a bunch of shotguns, because if it is the end of the world, people are going to come for your vodka. Okay, for people that don't get New Yorkers, that's called <laughs> cynical humor, in case you're wondering. <laughs> just to just want to make that announcement to my friends who are like, did Steve Harney just tell me to get vodka, party, and get shotguns? Please, no, my being, friends, please. Uh, thank you very much for, for explaining to them. I didn't know we would have to, but thank you for explaining to them. Of course you're not going to do that. Yeah. But you're in that mindset. Get out of that mindset. What I, the, the, the seven words I'll tell everyone on this call. Calm down, sit down. Think, plan, act. What is Greer doing? What is Tom doing? What am I doing? What is every good agent in this country doing? They're saying, wow, we're in for a ride. Let's buckle in and figure this out. Yeah. And that's what every agent should be doing. So I want to make a statement before we, we go to the second question. Actually, I'm, ask, I'm going to ask you to maybe have any closing thoughts on mortgage. But before I do, uh, my friends that are watching this, um, you know, we're, we're talking about housing. We're talking about humanity. We're talking about being intelligent right now. Um, and Greer's going to talk about stuff that is going to be meaningful to sellers as well as to buyers. So this is going to be one of those shows that, you know, you're probably going to want to hit the share button because it's a way to inform people right now and, and maybe not just, you know, pass along a headline, but actually pass along an hour worth of meaningful content. So if this is resonating for you or whenever you're watching it, if it feels right, hit the share button and then I would say on social, write your comments about this in the post, write your comments 
and then play the show and, and let's inform as many people as possible so everybody's making good, intelligent, rational decisions. So Steve, before I get into the other questions I wanna ask, could you just wrap up any other thoughts on mortgage just for a minute so we can close that and go on to the other uh, four questions? Um, for the 88% of the business that most of you are doing, everything's gonna be fine. For another group, you're gonna to have to be patient right now and you're gonna to have to discuss it with your clients. I think the best thing we could possibly do is what you've been saying all the, all the time for, for the last you know, three weeks time, you've been saying over-communicate. If you notice that there could be a challenge, let the seller know that, let the buyer know that. Because you know what might happen? If a buyer's got a jumbo loan and he needs another $50,000 to not, it not be a jumbo loan, he might like that house enough if you explain it to him that he says, you know what? I got another $50,000 in the stock market. I might lose that tomorrow anyway. Let me run over and drop it into the house and let's get it under a jumbo loan. Let's start, instead of working out of panic, let's be innovative right now. The vast majority of your competition right now are hiding under the bed. They're not on this call. This is a time for you to really make hay. This is the time for you to really show who you are, what your difference is. You know, anyone can captain a ship in calm waters. That's not even hard. What we're asking everyone in this call to do is we had, there's a storm coming. Matter of fact, it's already here. We're asking you to see exactly how good a captain you are. Let's captain this ship through this storm. Because when you get out on the other side, people are gonna say, that's the guy, that's the woman, all right? You're building relationships right now. If you're honest with people, you will build relationships that will deliver you business for the rest of your life from every family member, every friend, every church attendee that they know. Because the people who helped you through a tough time are the people you remember. God bless. So Steve, let's, let's go to the question that is on everybody's mind, the one that I got text more than you can imagine yesterday, which is, hey, how bad could this, you know, could this really get? And you know, with at least in the US, the federal government and Canada's doing the same and Australia's doing the same, and we're seeing countries in Europe that are doing the same, you know, with trillions of dollars in stimulus coming in, right? How bad is it, right? And how long is it going to last? Okay. Um, so, Mike, if you could throw up the, the Goldman Sachs slide. I want everyone to know that we're going to throw up a slide right now. But this slide is, if you go to Morgan Stanley's site, if you go to uh, uh, Wells Fargo Investment site, if you go, if you look at the quote from Ben Bernanke, who went through 2008, they're all saying the same exact thing. This is not 2008. We, I told you before, buckle in. We're in for a ride. This is going to be like a roller coaster ride. But here's the difference between now and then. For all the millennials, you're not going to understand this. There used to be a thing called the VCR box that we used to hook to our televisions, and we had VCR tapes. And we put the tape in, and that's how we watch it. Now we stream everything, but we used to have a VCR box. In 2008, somebody took a sledgehammer to the VCR box. And what we had to do is take the time to put the box back together again to see the next movie. This time, they hit the pause button on the VCR box. That's all. And eventually, when we get this, this virus cured, they're going to hit the play button. There's no rebuilding. There's nothing like that. So it's a much simpler situation. So Goldman Sachs, now, uh, people, some people, when I put this slide up, they go, well, how good are they at predicting? Here's what I'll tell you to that, because I don't know the answer to that question. This is what I'll tell you. They handle $1.7 trillion 
of the wealthiest people people in the world's money. So the wealthiest people in the world, up to $1.7 trillion worth of wealth, are saying, I'm going to listen to Goldman Sachs. So if you don't want to listen to them, that's cool. But I'm going to listen to them. And they're saying that it's going to dive quickly. Again, roller coaster ride, but it's going to come back just as quickly. Think about taking a tennis ball and throwing it as hard as you can against the ground. What's going to happen? It's going to bounce right back up at you. At you. That's what's taking place now. As a matter of fact, Mike, throw up the uh, slide from uh, uh, John Burns Consulting. I want to read you a quote because there's a lot of research done on this, and we've been, you know, you know, KCM, we're on top of it. Historical analysis shows us that pandemics, what we're in right now, are usually V-shaped, sharp recessions that recover quickly enough to provide little damage to home prices. And some very cutting-edge search engine analysis by our information management team showed the current slowdown is playing out similarly thus far. So in pandemics, you have a V-curve. Everyone is predicting this is going to be a V-curve. So what we need to do, ladies and gentlemen, we got to figure out a plan to get through the next 90 days. Now, we might change that plan week to week a little bit. We might modify that plan. But it looks like we're going to need a 90-day plan. If we get through that 90-day plan, then we're okay. And I'm not the only one thinking that. Let's throw up the slide from Price Waterhouse, the survey. Price Waterhouse just surveyed 50 leaders from a cross-section of industries. They said, once it stops, once we get a cure for the virus, how quickly can you go? 66%, two out of three said, we're up and running in less than a month. 90% said, give us one to three months. So it, it, 66%, we're right back to work, those people. And the other, up to 90%, are going to be back in another couple of months after that. Now, it's going to be a rough time during that period. I get it. But ladies and gentlemen, let's understand for us, if you owned a restaurant, people are not waiting. They're not hitting the pause button to eat. You're losing all those meals. Our business is not that way. People who decided to sell a house today is not going to say, well, I'm not going to sell it now. People who decided they were going to buy a house, they might decide to take themselves out of the market right now. So I think Rhea's going to show us that there's less people in that than we think are doing that. They might decide to take ourselves out of the market right now, themselves out of the market right now, but they're going to buy. We should not be worried. We should be getting ready for 90 days from now because we're going to have to handle all the business for March, April, and May and all the business for June, July, and August all at the same time. So you should be all in right now. Like there's some people saying, well, I think I'm going to be, they're not, they're thinking it's like it's a vacation. No, 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 no. You have to work harder now. And the great news is you're going to be able to make uh, a lot more deals on the other side because a lot of people aren't going to work hard through this. Steve, I'm so glad you brought that up. We have been sharing now for three weeks with all of our members, uh, this sort of mindset of, 30-day plans, right? One-week plans, because everything is moving so quickly right now that you really have to pay attention to sort of the micro moments and the actions that we can be taking to help our clients. Remember, I only have three rules, safety first and foremost, for you, your family, your clients, your tribe, which includes things like financial safety as well as health and vitality. 
The second rule that we all must be following is we've got to be paying attention right now to keeping our businesses moving forward. If you are not in communication with your client center contract, doing smart marketing, which really leads to the third one. And, and I say it sort of metaphorically, and I think every entrepreneur on the planet can appreciate this. My friend who owns a spirits business, he and I were in this conversation that if you're not loading the cannon right now, metaphorically, if you're not thinking about how many people, right, are looking online that are stuck at home around the world that are still, that still believe in home ownership. I don't think that's going to change at all. I think everyone is still going to need shelter. And that is the business that we're in, my friends, that if you're not doing intelligent marketing right now, pivoting, if you will, to the new norms of how people are feeling, you're going to miss the mark. And what, and Steve's right, like when it comes back, whether it is in, you know, June or July or May or August, when it comes back, you're literally going to have six months worth of opportunity that you need to do in the next one or two months. If you're not doing research phase buyer Zoom consultations with people right now, if you're not having conversations with people that we're talking about selling their home in May or June or July that you're following up on and saying, let's get together on a Zoom session and let me show you what's happening right now so you're informed. This is where being truly the knowledge broker matters. And this is where bringing humanity back to the business in a time where a lot of people are nervous really matters. So safety, keep the business moving forward and you better load that cannon because otherwise when it turns and it will, you will be so far behind the eight ball that the buyers you're working with and the potential sellers you're working with, they will suffer because of your choices. So Steve, I got to ask this question because you, you know, everybody's asking the same thing. Before, this, before, before you get there, you please. said something. First of all, everyone listen to Tom. He's going to get you through this, okay? I'm going to help him. Greer's going to help you. We're all going to help you get through this. But listen to Tom as far as the direction is concerned, because I like the, 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 the modification you made. Let's, we may not be able to have a 90-day plan. You're right. We have to keep up that plan of honor. But let's at least make a 90-day commitment. Yes. Let's commit that we're going to work hard. Whatever it is that we have to do, we're going to work hard for that 90 days. So let's do a 90-day plan with a week, a 90-day commitment with a weekly plan. That's what we need to do right now. You have to be in right now. You don't want to be in a situation where, you know, this thing affects you financially. Already it's affecting you emotionally and, and health-wise because your family's together. Don't let it affect you financially. Work through that. And what Tom said about home ownership, you know, after 2008, everyone said, well, you know, home ownership dropped some partly because people who were getting houses shouldn't have got houses, so it went up too high. And then it started to drop because, you know, people couldn't get a mortgage. They were afraid to get it. You know, it took them a long time to get the jobs back, unlike this time. All right. And so what wound up taking place, the home ownership uh, level dropped dramatically. And people were out there saying, we're going to get under 50%. That there's going to be new laws in this country because rent, there's going to be more renters than homeowners. And they're going to take away all your deductions. And I was like, I wanted to get every kid. I called those people, like, put me on a panel with them. Let's sit down and debate that issue. And sure enough, as soon as everything calmed down, you know what's happened with the home ownership rate right now? It's increasing. And with the younger people, it's dramatically increasing. Right. So it, the home ownership is, is always been, is today, and always will be a major part of the American dream. That's the great thing about being in our business. We don't listen to sell houses. We make dreams come true. Absolutely. 
So Steve, let's go to the question that's pressing for a lot of people right now, which is the, the stock and equities market specifically. Uh, a lot of people are asking, is it going to impact home prices? You know, we're watching the stock market bounce all over the place. Is it going to impact home prices short term or throughout 2020? Okay. So let's take a look at that. And in, 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 uh, if the team could throw up the housing and mortgage crash slide, remember I used that analogy with the VCR before. And for the millennials out here, ask your parents about it, they'll laugh about that joke. The, uh, what winds up taking place is this is what everyone remembers. The last time the stock market crashed, what happened to housing? What happened to house prices? And we have to understand that was during a housing and mortgage crash. That caused the stock market to crash. So of course, prices went down. This is when housing actually picked up the sledgehammer and smashed the living daylights out of the, the VCR. If we don't look at this, keep, keep this slide on for a second. If we look at what we have here, this is not like a meltdown of this and a meltdown of that. What this is, is an event. The same like what 9-11 was an event. And we have to get through that event. And just like in 9-11, you know, people were afraid to get in planes. They wouldn't go to their hotels. They were afraid to gather at restaurants. So now let's take a look at what happened between the dot crash and 9-11, which were back to back. Let's take a look at what happened then when the stock market crashed. Go to that next slide, guys. Wow, big, big correction in the stock market, 45%. But over that three years that entailed that stock market crash, prices actually went up 8.6%, 6.6%, 8.5%. So what we're seeing is this type of crash should have no impact. If anything, it might raise practice, uh, 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 prices. And what, because there's going to be a desire to own a home again. What's taking place? Yesterday, for the first time, and I think forever, Democrats and Republicans got together and voted unanimously for something. So what is happening in your neighborhoods? You can't go hug your, your, your neighbor. We're doing little things. If there's an older person around the corner, we're going to the store for them because they're petrified to go to the store. America's coming back again. And they, when that happens, everyone wants to have a flag, an American flag on their front porch. And that's what's taking place right now, ladies and gentlemen. Matter of fact, I was on a phone call with uh, uh, the president of a very large uh, uh, um, real estate company down in Miami. And he was shocked because this week they put three uh, homes over $9 million into contract. But what he found was all three people were taking money out of the stock market and putting it into real estate because they saw that as a safe investment. So what do we do at KCM? I had an idea. I said, I wonder if that was an anomaly. So I have the research team at KCM stretching that out. And guess what we're finding? There are now studies being shown that, in especially the upper end, people are taking money and buying more of the upper end properties. So I don't know if that's going to continue. We don't have enough data on that. But there is some flight to safety because they can't get any money in the bond market because it's down to nothing, the interest rate. There's a flight to safety into, into real estate. Not by everyone, by the smart rich people. <laughs> so let's tell all of the rest of us, the non-smart rich people, hey, maybe we should do what they're doing. Maybe we should invest in a house. The house next door to me at the lake, we have a, a, a family compound. Uh, down here in, in, at Lake Iston in North Carolina. And the, uh, the house next door just went up for sale. My son and I are thinking, maybe we should buy it. This is the time. 
So what we're looking at, ladies and gentlemen, is the fact that just because there's a stock market correction doesn't mean prices go down. As a matter of fact, the last time there was a stock market correction like today, prices went up. Hey, it's Tom. If you've been listening to me for a while, you've heard me say repeatedly over and over again, we are living in the review economy. That's right. Consumers are making decisions based upon reviews. With that said, I'm looking to get this podcast into the minds of more amazing people just like you. You can help. Would you go to Apple Podcasts and write a review? Tell them what you think. Hey, one star, five stars, make up your own number of stars. Totally fine by me, but please go to Apple Podcast and write a review. It means the world to me. Thanks in advance. Now, let's get back to the show. So as you're sitting here. So Steve, hearing that, and I know you got a lot of slides there, so do you want to you want to cover that last slide or well, this is it, 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 I don't even need this yeah. slide. They, 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 they put it up there. What, what, this is another example of that. This is Please. looking at the recessions. You know, the last five recessions, what happened to prices? Because we, 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 we probably are in a recession right now. They're not going to call it that yet because it's going to take them some time to look back on it. We'll probably be in a recession right now. But that's not again, we shouldn't be afraid about home prices because when we hear recession, we think of 2008. But if we look at the four recessions prior to that, only one time the prices go down, less than 2%. The other three times, prices went up. So like, there's a fear out there that's not necessary. And, and, and I think a lot of people are worried that we're going back to 2008. And Tom, you know, I don't know if that's one of the questions your people are asking, but that's a question a lot of agents are asking me. I'm watching, I'm watching mixed, mixed signals of questions literally live right now on Facebook. And, and absolutely, some people are, are saying, you know, is it foreclosures and, and short sales and Armageddon again? And then others are saying, no, no, this is just like, right? Tragically more like 9-11 or similar situations like that. So just any, any, any just closing thoughts on that? Cause I'm gonna transfer over to Greer in a second and then I'm gonna bring us all together to have our closing statement. So, so right. Steve, is this gonna be 2008 again? All right, absolutely not, period, done. Now I just wanna show one slide, Tom, to prove it to everybody. To bring up the equity, total equity uh, cashed out. Ladies and gentlemen, look at this. This was the problem in 2008. Everyone was using the house as an ATM. They were taking money out of the house and they were buying jet skis, they were buying new cars, they were going on lavish vacations. They took out the three years before that crash, they took $824 billion of equity out of their home. They, they, they mortgaged themselves up right to their throat. As soon as prices dropped a little bit, they were negative equity. And what do people did when they got into negative equity? They thought the cool thing was, let me get, it, let me get out of here. We learned that lesson. Over the last three years, only $232 billion were taken out in cash. That sounds like a big number. It's a fraction of what happened before. 52.4% of the homes in this country have more than 50% equity. So we're not going to see the foreclosures because people, in the, the house, the average house is worth about $270,000. That means the average equity on 50% of the homes in this country is $135,000. Nobody's walking away from $135,000. That's not going to, the same thing that happened then is not happening now. Steve, I appreciate that because uh, it, again, I think the 2008 wound if you will it's just so it's just so fresh for people still right it's so easy for us to get caught up in the emotion of that because you know everyone experienced that in some way shape or form i have 
you know, kids that work for me there in, in their early twenties and they talk about, oh yeah, my parents, parents were going through hardship during that time. And, you know, friends like the three of us, you know, watching this right now, you know, we've all experienced it. We saw what happened to our business. So it's, it's always like that last thing that happened becomes sort of most real for us psychologically. So I know you've covered it. Um, any closing thoughts on 2008? Just, I want to just drive it home so people can get that out of their head and keep being in action on the three things I'm talking about. Okay. So let's take a look at the foreclosures because that's really how it manifests itself. Oh, we're going to have a bunch of foreclosures again. You're going to see some crazy headlines, ladies and gentlemen. You're going to see how foreclosures went up 100%. The reason you're going to see that headline is because they're so low. They're, they're lower now than any other time in American history. Yeah. So like if you take a look, if you had one foreclosure and you got another one, it went up 100%. If you had 100 foreclosures and it went up one, it went up 1%. They're not going to tell you that it went up over the lowest number ever in the history of, the, of American economic uh, American, the economy in America. They're not going to tell you that. They're just going to say it went up 100%. Why? Because negative news sells. We have to get past the headline and understand what's going on. And at KCM, we're attacking that every day in the blog. We're taking a negative headline saying, let's go at it. All right. So that's what we want to do. Love it. Thank you, Steve. So we're going to transition. We're going to come back to Steve. Uh, but first, I want to bring in Greer Allen, CEO and founder uh, and business owner of Boomtown. And they're a full service web CRM lead generation machine for agents, teams, and brokerages. So first of all, Greer, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Tom. I'm going to interrupt Greer for a second. <laughs> I know you hate to do this, but I want to set Greer up because I had a conversation with him right before here. I want to show you another slide. Put up the slide from Showing Time. This is why everyone's panicked. But if you guys could put that slide up, I'd appreciate it. Uh, is the team still there? Or because Tom said I was finished, you went home. All right. The, here's Showing Time. Yep. And I felt sorry for agents because I'm saying, oh my God, if we take a look at it week by week, we, we were having a great year. This is year over year, the percentage of increase in the number of showings. It got up as high as on, on March 9th, 30% above what it was last year. Then it dropped down to 15% above last year. Last week, it was 25% below last year. So the number of showings are dropping dramatically. I'm saying, oh my God, what are we going to do? And then I was talking to Greer right before this, Wait until you hear his numbers, which are like nothing like these numbers, and I'll explain to you why. I love it, Steve. Steve, I thought I was running the show, but it's all good, my friend. We are here together. <laughs> yeah, I it's know called, you think it's called time. it's called live television here on Facebook. So, so Greer, I want to ask you a question first, so people have some context, and then we're talk we're going to talk about numbers, and we're going to talk about data, and this is important for, you know, maybe it's a, a consumer right now who's watching this, who's asking the question like. Is anybody even going to, to websites to look at houses? We're going to cover that. And for all agents, it's important you pay attention to this. But Greer, give them some backstory because what people probably don't know about you and your company is that you actually started during the global economic crisis. Yes. So, so I'd, I'd yeah. love you just to talk for a minute about any lessons you learned that I think every small business owner should be paying attention to because you, you started and were birthed out of what was tragedy for a lot of people. Insights? That's right. So, so thanks, Tom, for having me, and and I'm glad to be able to share with 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 your tribe and 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 everyone else that's listening on the call today. 
Um, yeah, so we, we started Boomtown in 2006 and uh, uh, the real estate market was just going gangbusters. And, uh, and you know, we had, we had work to do to build the product and bring it to market. Uh, we ended up bringing the market, uh, the product to market in the middle of 2008. And Steve, I was one of those guys that actually used my house as an ATM to fund the start <laughs> of this business. <laughs> you, you took money out of an appreciating asset and invested it in yourself, another appreciating asset. That made sense. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but, you know, I, I think the, I think the value that I got out of, out of starting in those times was we got a front row seat uh, to watching some of the best real estate entrepreneurs in the country and what they were doing to change their business in, in, in a shifting market. And with this shift uh, that's happened over the last <clears throat> two weeks, uh, the shift has been even more uh, dramatic and, and quick to have happen. Um, now, you know, Tom, I think, Steve, I think you mentioned this on the last call. There's three aspects of, of the real estate business. There's, <clears throat> there's prospecting for new leads, there's nurturing your database, and then there's closing business. Um, as you guys have been talking, you know, you know, the closing business part has become more challenging. More consumers are, are sort of sitting on the sidelines uh, you know, to close business, but, you know, really in reality, they're, they're just delayed, you know, these people are just delayed. And so what I saw back in 2008 and what I saw our customers doing was investing much more time in the top two things I mentioned, which is prospecting for new leads and nurturing their database, because they knew that if they could get that top of the funnel activity, they could build those relationships they could start to build that trust with those potential clients that were going to conduct real estate business in the future, that they would be able to come out on the other side of this thing and explode in terms of their growth. And so that is the fundamental change that I think needs to happen in these real estate agents business. I mean, if you look at February and look at the numbers and, you know, talking to agents that are out there, um, everything was going gangbusters in February and even into early March. And the economists were actually saying this was going to be most one of the most competitive spring buyer markets that there was on record. Um, the shift has happened so quickly; it's probably caught a lot of agents off guard. You know, a lot of agents are probably sitting there like deers in headlights and not knowing what to do next. And what they need to do is shift into the mindset of prospecting for new leads and, and nurturing their databases. So, Greer, let me ask you. You know, first of all, I appreciate the insight because it, you know, you and I being friends, as long as we've been friends, you know, we speak a lot of the same language to, you know, to all of our clients because we share so many customers. Um, I think it's important right now for people to have data, right, to have numbers. So will you take a minute and just talk about, you know, you've got a massive number of, of sites with agents, you know, all over North America. You're seeing all the consumer home shopping traffic and conversion. So I don't know if you have slides, but I would love for you to share with everybody and everyone, please pay attention because this is important. What's really happening? We see the showing time data. Physically, it's hard in almost every part of the world to go see houses, but does it mean Greer that people aren't looking anymore? No, it doesn't. Um, I, I do want to share one thing, you know, agents, agents, if y'all could bring up the slide right now that has the, uh, the portal traffic. So the portal portal traffic. So one thing I just want 
point out is that you know you you've got to be nimble in this market. Uh, you have to figure out how how you're going to fill the top of the funnel of your business. Um, you know, you're not going to get foot traffic into your office. You're not going to be out at the bar or out at a out at a cocktail party networking. You're not going to be doing open houses in a market like this. Uh, so you have to find different ways to go. And even you know, look at this this slide, which is Mike, Mike Delpret, uh, MikeDP.com. If you don't follow this data and you're in real estate, you need to go on there and subscribe to his blog. But what he has done here is he's aggregated um, the lead and the demand drop across the U.S. portal. So on average, U.S. portals down 28%, uh, Zillow down 30%. And this is a massive lead, lead channel for so many real estate agents out there. And so we've got to be nimble. We've got to figure out where are the consumers and, and how do we get to them? So uh, next slide, please. So what, what I wanted to show you guys is, is I wanted to answer a couple of questions. Is the demand still there? Is the demand still there? And so these first two numbers on the left are speaking to that very point. So we're looking at February 2020, where the market was just going gangbusters versus this month where we saw a massive drop off due to the coronavirus. And if you look at the users month over month, we're only down 7.4%. And this is on a base of, you know, tens of millions of consumers that visit our customers' websites every single year. Uh, we're only down 7.4%. And what that tells me is we're not seeing the drastic dip that we're seeing in showings online. In the digital world, we are seeing that people are not only continuing to visit and see homes online, so this is an important point for your sellers to understand, and also the sessions per user is actually up 4% month over month. So those two metrics uh, are about the engagement. Are the consumers out there? Are they online? Are they, are they still searching for homes? And the answer is yes. The top of the funnel in the digital space is most certainly open for business. The other two metrics that I wanted to talk to you about are on the right-hand side. And so we manage you know, tens of millions of dollars of paid advertising budget for our customers. And you know, looking at paid leads month over month from February to March, we're holding very, very, very steady uh, with the number of leads that we're gonna generate for our customers, only, only down about 2.8%. And the surprising thing here, guys, is that when you have these big portals that are pulling out and cutting costs and pulling out of advertising, your peers are cutting out of advertising. And Tom, this goes back to what you talk about when you're talking about lion and lioness versus That's the lamb. We're actually seeing a dip, a decrease in the cost per lead month over month from February to March. We're seeing a 1.6% decrease overall from one month to the next. So that's what's happening at the top of the funnel right now. And I did want to tell you all a little bit about what's happening at the middle, middle of the funnel as well. How are you going to be prospecting the leads that you currently have in your database? And there's some important data that I wanted to share on that as well. Can we go to the next slide, please? So guys, right now, everybody out there in this world is, is, is scared. They're consuming news and the news is like, like Steve told everybody, it's negative. You know, they're taking the negative spin because they want people to continue to watch the news. But 
how can we take advantage of this as real estate agents? Um, the answer is these folks are all over social media right now. In fact, we're seeing week over week uh, impression count going up 35% week over week. And we're securing imp impressions at under one cent, one cent. So we've never seen numbers like this before on the social side. So this is a perfect opportunity, guys, to take your database, create an audience in Facebook and put out content. And what better content to put out than the content that Steve Harney and the KCM crew have put together that helps educate buyers and sellers on what's actually happening in real estate right now. Buyers and sellers need this information. This is your opportunity to establish yourself as the trusted advisor in your market. So um, I strongly urge you to, you know, to consider using, you know, using digital as a means to reach consumers today because they're out there. They are out there doing their thing. They might be not be going into showings and and you know, you know, a little bit later, I want to kind of address how how a lot of our customers are are you know kind of getting around showings and and how do we still conduct business in a world that we're living in today? And I'm and I'm pleased to say that so many of our customers are thinking outside the box. They're not the deer in the headlights. They are actually figuring out how to do business in a different environment than it was before. So Greer, I want to I want to just grab the reins for a second here. I know a lot of our coaching members and pivot members are are on the line right now, staying connected, keeping informed. Uh, we've been talking a ton about virtual showings, literally having uh, the seller grab their phone and walk through the house in in places where we're stuck at home. Literally, walk the seller walk through the home because the agent took the time to set up a Zoom account and invited the seller, gave them access. And oh, by the way, my friends, listen to this. They also invited the buyer's agent and the buyers. So you literally have buyer's agent, buyers, you all sequestered in your safe environments and the seller on their phone inside of the Zoom account, showing the property to the buyers in a private showing and answering their questions. You know, one of my longtime mentors, someone I met when I was 18 for the first time, Tony Robbins, uh, he, uh, I don't know if he was the originator of the quote, but I've heard him say it multiple times as I have. There's two kinds of people on this planet right now. People that blame resources. I can't get in my car and show a house versus people that are resourceful. I have a phone. I can use technology, right? I can ask the seller to do this. Many will say yes because they want to sell their home. And the reverse, right? If you're representing the buyer, you're contacting the listing agent and saying, my buyer would like to set up an exclusive private showing. Here is the link, share it with your seller so we can all see the property together. You may have to be the one that's helping that agent on the other side who maybe isn't as tech savvy, but you're in my tribe and we don't blame resources. We're resourceful. And I know everyone that's listening is nodding their head right now. We are resourceful. We are like wartime generals. We do whatever it takes. Safety, keep the business moving forward and keep loading the cannon. Greer, you have some additional thoughts on that? Absolutely. And, and you know, I was on a webinar with about, you know, 20 of, of the Boomtown uh, closers, which are some of our, our top performing teams. 
And, you know, I, I you know, I, I got to give them a lot of praise, um, you know, just for what they're, they're doing to, you know, to overcome the obstacles and, and not let this put them into a, into a state of panic. Um, it's just, it's incredible hearing what they have to say. A lot of them are actually, you know, getting sellers to record videos or recording videos at the seller's house that they can get out there building libraries so that when a showing request comes in from the digital world, they can be able to offer that immediately so that the seller or so that the potential buyer can actually view that video whenever they want to. I mean, these are, these are, these are consumer behaviors that might end up changing forever. You know, um, it just makes sense for somebody to be able to see a, a video walkthrough of a home um, before they go visit it on site. So, you know, I, I want to encourage people to also think about how they're communicating with consumers in this in this day and age. And, and I got some really good tips from our customers. Um, you've got to be a voice of education. You've got to be a voice of empathy. If you have any systems that you're using today or CRMs or marketing automation platforms, where you are sending out automated messages, turn them off until you can look at them and make sure that the tonality of those messages is, is appropriate for this time right now. And I would encourage you guys to spend as much time calling the leads in your database and prospecting them with a different type of message. How are you doing? What is your job situation? How is your family? Are you and 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 more than anything else, what can I do to help? Um, you know that that I think is 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 what we need to be doing right now. Um, you know, one of the other points that I wanted to make, Tom, is email open rates. So I saw a stat. You know, week over week email open rates that mention the words COVID or coronavirus. Open rates are down forty percent week over week for emails that mention that term. That is a stat that I'm so glad you shared. You know, a lot of our clients career were exposed in January to uh, the marketing strategies from an email standpoint that, that we, we believe in and use as a company as you do. And, and look, email right now arguably is the single greatest ROI return on investment in terms of communication and marketing at, from a nurturing standpoint, forget like a direct sale, you know, or a direct ask, it's spend a dollar, make 44. That's a 4,400% return on investment. If all of you are out there sending emails, you just hear Greer say, if you use in the subject line, COVID or Corona, your open rates are down 40, what was it? 40 plus percent? 40%. That's a serious no-no, my friends. So pay attention. That's a really good pro tip. And same thing, I got to, um, it hasn't happened as much, but earlier in this week, I was getting videos, right? Pre, pre-done videos or pre-done marketing that literally people like this, like the spring market is here. It's time <laughs> to go buy a house. And I, I mean, I just, I shudder. And then because I know these people, even if I don't, I send them a private message and say, Hey, you really got to watch your tone. You got to pay attention, which I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask Tristan, my producer here to, to get all three of us on the screen. Cause I want to answer. I want answers on the last question from all three of us, right? I, I believe that right now, what we do, right? What we do, what we say, what we send, how we message, how we market will impact our brand forever. You can either be the person that has uh, this, this extraordinary brand that impacts referrals and love and appreciation for the next decade, or you can ruin it in an instant. 
with one thought that you said, oh, I think this will be funny and you put it out and it turned off everybody. Or like Greer was saying, because you didn't turn off some of the automated stuff or you didn't, you weren't mindful of the tone, you know, the language that matters today. You could ruin your brand, my friends, quickly. And I'm, I'm talking to every business person on the planet. I'm not talking about just to real estate agents or lenders. So, so let's talk about that. Now is the time to build your brand. I'd be curious from, from both of you, uh, let's go, we'll go one at a time and just kind of raise your hands whoever wants to go first. Um, what should agents be doing to build their brand today? Steve, go ahead. Because I'm gonna, I'm gonna follow up on what Greer just said. I got a disturbing email. It was an email newsletter uh, that an agent would send me from a competing company. It was a newsletter from a competing company. And the mainstay, it was yeah, an automated service and the agent didn't check. This was like five days ago. And the main article in this real estate newsletter was how to save money going to the movie theater right now. And the picture was, they, you know, because it was funny, they thought the picture was uh, like 100 people jammed into 50 seats in the theater sharing popcorn. So at a time of social distancing, they put 100 people in 50 seats and said to go to the movie theaters and share food with each other. Um, now, that was disturbing, not from the agent's standpoint, because I know that aging unknowingly did that. I don't know how many agents, but who was in charge of doing the actual, like forget about the agent should know better. The person that is putting that data out or that information out should know better. One of the things we did at KCM, and we made a big commitment on this, and it was a tough commitment. Uh, we put a blog out every single day. We write that blog the afternoon before we put it out. Because if anything changed that morning, we want that reflected in the blog post. And we have personalized posts where the agents can put our blog post out with their name and everything. We were not, we were just as worried about their brand, because they're branding their name, their office number, and their picture and everything. We, we, we were petrified that we would hurt someone else's brand if we didn't have very critical information at exactly the right time. So our content team at KCM actually made the commitment to one another, even though it's a very hard thing to do. And if you write blog, you know, if you're writing 300 blogs a year, you'll understand that. It was a very tough thing to do to get it corrected and get it, you know, have the editor look at it and get the title and the picture. In. But we decided we were going to do that just because we were so conscious of the KCM members brand. We didn't want to do anything in any way to hurt it. Uh, but on the flip side, and I'll go, the, on the flip side of that, this is a time you can build a tremendous brand. Absolutely. People are looking for information. This is exactly, you know, Housing Wire, one of the companies uh, that is a resource that we use, they said the single best thing that you can do during a pandemic is to put out educational information about their housing, their mortgage thing, about the housing industry right now. Because the people who have those questions, they know you care about them. So it, it was like, it's, it's kind of crazy that Ladies and gentlemen, please stop with the cookie, you know, the chocolate chip cookie recipes. Stop with the salmon and rice recipes. Stop with the movie theaters. You get free tickets to the movie theaters. And by the way, when you went through there and clicked the link for the discount, that company was already out of business. Let's think about who we're doing, what we're doing here. All right. That's crucial. So I agree 100% what you said, Tom. Hey, so, so one quick thought for everybody watching right now. We have a lot of viewers all over the world. I, I said earlier, share this with consumers. You know who you should really share this with? Your real estate friends. 
right? Maybe this is the one that you send to, you know, your corporate and say, hey, we should put this on the internal, you know, private Facebook page or something, especially right now when we're talking about branding and digital marketing. So I already see that there's been a ton of shares and lots of comments. So I'd strongly recommend that. So Greer, kind of closing thoughts before I share some thoughts on branding. Absolutely. You know, um, a, a story comes to mind, um, you know, during our virtual, um, during, during our uh, webinar that we did yesterday, um, one, of our, one of our customers had just a fantastic idea. Uh, a lot of agents are starting to do either virtual happy hours or virtual open houses. And, uh, you know, he, and this is what he was talking about, but he was talking about doing this with a slight twist that I think is just, is, is so important and relevant. And what he did was they, they set up a, a virtual happy hour, but then they invited in, um, you know, their favorite bartenders from around town, their favorite servers, you know, these folks that their income is gone. And they set up a Venmo account and said, Hey, let's tip the bartenders and the, and the servers that are here with us today. And, and that's just a perfect example of something that, you know, people probably won't forget for, for, for years to come um, that you did to bring the community together when they couldn't be doing that in person, but also the empathy that you showed for the person that has hit the worst, the restaurants, the people that are in that. And I was speaking with a really good friend of mine last night, uh, almost in tears because he, he owns a few restaurants and he had to let go, um, you know, 57 of the 75 employees that he had. And, uh, and this is the story that's playing out across the United States right now. So for all my friends, first of all, I want to just say uh, thank you both for being on this and for everyone watching um, Steve and I have been talking a lot. We're going to be doing this week in housing every Friday, starting at one o'clock Pacific standard time. So make sure you check that out. Uh, for all my agent friends, listen to me. Now more than ever, we have to pivot. We have to adjust, right? What has always worked in most cases is not working today. What we have to do is write a 30-day plan. Like Steve talked about making a 90-day commitment. What we need to do is focus on safety first and foremost for you, your family, your tribe, your finances, like I keep mentioning. Um, Though we didn't get to it today because nobody's been able to unpack it yet because it was just announced in the US, but you know the sort of phase three of stimulus has come out. I think it's important that under safety, you're reaching out to your CPA, right? Your, the person that helps you with your taxes to say, hey, let's unpack this. Because talk about contribution and giving back in your brand. Why not have a Zoom session interview with your CPA, letting them know, hey, let's talk about what's inside there. Let's unpack this for my friends that are small business owners, my friends that are going to be impacted by this in some way. It, it's another way for you to educate and also to bring humanity to the marketplace. You know, you sit, if you're in the U.S., at 17% of the GDP of, of our country, which is housing. My friends in Canada, it's 49 to 50% of the GDP, right? You sit in a vital role you need to reach out to the people that you know, the people that are making a difference, the people that have the facts and start doing, you know, twice a week, you know, five o'clock happy hour, but I'm bringing in local CPA expert to unpack the CARES Act. And then two days later, hey, I'm bringing in my, you know, my title rep to talk about title and closing services. Is it happening now? And what's going to be different or even legal? Like what are the legal laws that are changing potentially around contracts, right? 
having your banker show up and be on a call. Uh, we keep saying call, but we really, we know what we're talking about. It's, it's about doing video today. Like that's the game changer today, my friends. It is being the knowledge broker. It's, the, it's doing the same thing that we shifted to two weeks ago, which is we're going to be putting out content every single day, trainings like this for as many people as we can around the world to help them make the adjustment, right? It's the same thing. Watch what we're doing. Watch what all three of our companies are doing. That's the game right now. Make a difference, help and serve now and always. Bring humanity to the marketplace. And, and I'm, I'm going to make this statement, forget your brand. Doing the right thing is just always doing the right thing. So as we wrap this up, thank you so much for being a part of it. If you're one of my pivot members, you see the schedule for next week. We got negotiations in the clouds, like digital negotiations. We got Jason Pantana on marketing. We got Yvonne on tech enabled agent. And we got Gino Blafari talking mindset. Plus for everybody next Friday, one o'clock Pacific, we're going to go back through right this week in housing because it's changing in real time. So thank you so much for watching. Share this with your agent friends. God bless you. Stay safe. And we'll look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks so much, everybody. We appreciate you. If you want more information about this episode, including my show notes, mentions, links, and everything else, make sure you visit tomferry.com slash podcast. That's tomferry.com slash podcast. Thanks again and talk to you soon.